Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. As usual, and as you just heard in the intro, I'm Ann Baldwin. It's so great to be with you this morning, and I'm so happy to have Beth Connor, the Chief Administrative Officer of The Connection, on the show with us today. And Beth, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit starstruck this morning. You are. Yeah, I think I am too, actually. <laughs> We've got a wonderful guest today. We really do. And uh, Ted Copy is joining us this morning. Ted, of course, as you all know, such a handsome man, I have to say, but also the anchor for NBC Connecticut. And you probably tune into him every weekday morning, 4.30 a.m., can you believe it, on NBC Connecticut. That's what time he goes on the air. I can't even imagine what time you get up. But Ted, thanks so much for being on the program and taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. It is a pleasure, and I think, Ann, it's been a long time since you've seen me without makeup, so you might not say handsome if you did. Um, those, those early hours hit you hard, but uh, you, you know you know this business well. Yeah, I get up about um, a little after 2 every morning because I live in Milford but work in West Hartford, so there's, there's a drive every day. But thankfully, no traffic wow. at that hour. And you're dedicated to your craft, and uh, we all appreciate that. So thanks thanks for being with us uh, here this morning. It is a pleasure to be with you. Well, you told us what time you get into work, what time you get up. The big question is, what time do you go to bed? Oh, gosh, not early enough. You know, you would think with all the stories we do about sleep deprivation and the effects that have, you know, there's been so much study, including, uh, you know, some groundbreaking studies here in Connecticut, you think I'd be smart enough to get more sleep, but there just never seems to be enough hours in the day to do that. So I'm typically going to bed about 8.30, try to make up for it on weekends, which, again, I know you can't really make up for a sleep deficit. But, um, you know, I, I guess what, what balances this out is is the fact that I do love the job. I love the people I work with. And so there seems to be some sort of energy that comes with getting to work 
and engaging with everybody here and, of course, engaging with our audience. So somehow we all make it through. I'm not alone. I think all of us on this shift are, are fairly sleep-deprived, especially by the end of the week. Right. And, Beth, you know, he just mentioned the good people that work there <laughs> at, sure. at, at NBC Connecticut and uh, with his co-anchor, Heidi Voigt, who I just absolutely adore. And she's on the same schedule as you are with little twins running around. I saw that they just went off to preschool. But, you know, it is. I, I used to do it when I was at Channel 30 and I – was doing weekend mornings I had the same shift and it it can be very challenging and stressful on your body but you guys do a great great job well Beth and I wanted to talk to you today Ted about we've noticed that during the morning show that you and Heidi have been doing these stories called hope for relief talk a little bit about that well it you know it's it's a great opportunity to get out into the communities and and talk to people and not just be in the studio I, I think the work in the studio obviously is very important um, we're, we're, you know, communicating with our audience that way, but it's also good to get out and dig a little deeper into these stories that um, affect people. And sometimes they're stories that wouldn't necessarily get told in the typical newscast, which, as you know, we sort of break down into half-hour segments. Even, you know, we're on from 4.30 in the morning until 7 a.m., but the, the, the newscasts really run in cycles from 4.30 to 5, 5.30, 5 to 5.30, and so on and so forth. Um, so to take that opportunity and, and find a story that might not be obvious, but it's a story that we in some way feel like is worth being told. Um, you know, you and I are visiting just before we started uh, this program. And in the last year, maybe even a year and a half or 15 months since we went into the pandemic, and there seemed to be so much depressing news, um, our, our motto was to look for the helpers, try to find people who are doing extraordinary things, sometimes mm-hmm. unknown heroes, and bring their stories to light. And just to just to balance the, the way, because, they, you know, there, there are so many good things happening every day. And unfortunately, they don't make headlines. And so this is an opportunity to sort of, you know, remind people of just how extraordinary there are, how many how many extraordinary people there are here in Connecticut, really helping to make this such a great place to be you know, from from neighbors to agencies to, you know, incredible universities. Uh, it, it seems like the the amount of stories we can really dive into is, is endless. All those unsung heroes, right, that we, uh, we just take for granted. So tell us, Ted, um, about some of these folks. Who are these? And, you know, maybe uh, give us a few of these stories, uh, people that you've profiled. Yeah, you know what? I mean, one that really sticks with me is right as we were coming up on the one-year anniversary of FoodShare doing their drive-through food distribution at Rentschler Field in East Hartford, it occurred to me that a number of the people out there are volunteers. And, you know, you probably know well that because it was reported when FoodShare set up that emergency distribution, it was intended to go for one week. You know, when when the the stay-at-home orders were first issued, nobody knew what to expect. Um, Even the CDC at that time was saying, you know, prepare to stay at home for the next several weeks. (laughs) And, of course, we were learning as we went. Um, It occurred to me anyway that that there were a lot of volunteers out there. And it it may have been easy. I, I shouldn't say easy, but maybe a little easier to step up and volunteer if you thought this thing was going to go for a week. And so I just decided to check in with them at that one-year mark and, and ask, is there anybody who's really um, done something extraordinary in terms of volunteering? And they let me know about a woman 
who had been had not missed. She was out there at the beginning. They were going every day, and she had been out there. She was a retired teacher. Uh, she had been out there every day and continued as they stepped back from five days a week to three wow. days a week to two days a week. She showed up consistently, only missed one day throughout the entire time they had that food distribution. That was she had a doctor's appointment. Other than that, she was there. And I thought that's a story that needs to be told, you know, find out what what motivates her and what do her fellow volunteers think of her? What does the organization organization think of her um, and get her perspective of seeing these these cars come through. Every car that came through that line represented a Connecticut family. Right. And so many of them had never been in that position before of right. not knowing how they're going to put food on the table. And um, that, that just seemed to me to be a real powerful story and, and something that, you know, that other people should hear about. Sure. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Ted Copy. He's the anchor, morning anchor for NBC Connecticut. And you see him every weekday morning uh, sitting next to Heidi Voigt. And I would get in so much trouble if I didn't mention your other partner there on the morning show. Uh, first alert meteorologist Bob Max and my buddy, my big buddy Bob. Um, so you guys do just you do such a great job. And it's it's one of those things, right, Beth, when you're getting up in the morning and you just I love your spirit. I love your energy. And I know how hard it is to, to probably tap into that each and every day. Uh, so we do appreciate that. And I think it's great that you're getting out there because Beth, you know, you can also speak to this at the connection, um, you know, where they offer so many different services from foster care, you know, telehealth has been a huge thing, mental health services. There's so many different avenues of what the connection does, Ted. And, and two, you've seen an increase and you, you still have to pay attention to what's going on and, and really um, focus on the health of our state and our mental health of our community. You can't let that go. No, not, not at all. And, you know, COVID's been a challenge, I know, for all of us. Um, and, you know, we've been essential uh, employees on their, on the uh, front lines uh, for the last year and a half and dealing with uh, client needs because those things don't go away, right? So uh, hunger, um, mental health issues, uh, substance abuse issues, people coming out of incarceration, children waiting for a foster home. Those things happen whether we're in the midst of COVID or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to do our jobs in order to, um, you know, help these people. So um, it's been a difficult uh, time. It's been a challenge, certainly, uh, in order to keep everybody safe and follow all the protocols. We're really happy that everything's opening up this week. But um, it's, you know, we're, we're kind of relieved things are moving forward. It's really been a stressful time for everyone and um, for our staff, for our clients. Um, and we're really looking forward to sort of moving forward. So it's great, Ted, that you're, you're you know, talking about these unsung heroes because there are so many of them that really, you know, day in and day out do the hard work. Um, and regardless of the pandemic, uh, they're still doing what needs to be done to help others. Earlier this month, Ted, uh, one of the stories that I remember watching and resonated with me because I've got a little girl in the neighborhood that I befriended is about child obesity during this pandemic. And I've I've witnessed you know some of that. And I don't know that it's only kids. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> but talk a little bit about you know hmm. how the pandemic and why you decided to focus on weight gain in kids. I mean, it looks it seems obvious they're sitting behind a computer screen, but there's more to it. it, it health has always been a natural interest of mine. I've I've tried to do health stories all along. Um, 
so I've been aware of that. You know, obviously there's been a lot before the pandemic. There's all sorts of reporting about the obesity epidemic in our country. Um, and I just thought with these, you know, stay at home orders in place and kids learning remotely and spending all this time on the screen, it it had to be. Oh, you know what? OK, I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm starting to remember this. This is the downfall of me not getting enough sleep. Anne, is, and Beth is that my brain's working a little bit slowly, but I'm now remembering it, it, it came about this way. Uh, a producer who works here um, has two teenage boys, and she, as recently, uh, she she brought them to the the pediatrician for their checkup. Hadn't been there in a while, and they were just visiting. And the pediatrician pediatrician to her that he or she was seeing an extraordinary number of kids coming in uh, after a year. Uh, having gained an unusual amount of weight. And so then uh, she threw that out as a, some, a story for somebody to dig into and, and check out. And so I started making calls to other pediatricians and then reached out to the, the founder of the Bright Bodies Program at Yale University, which is, uh, again, we're, we're, we're trying to find a solution, not just hide the problem, but then, okay, who's doing something about this? Um, Bright Bodies is, and it, there are a number of other organizations that are, are you know, doing things as well. The city of Hartford started a program to get kids back outside um, sponsoring youth sports for the spring at no cost to kids. All they have to do is come up, come up and sign up, come out and sign up. Um, I, I know there was an alderman in New Haven going door to door, knocking on doors this spring, telling families, hey, it's time to get your kids back outside to play and move around because they clearly have not been getting enough movement. But anyway, we focused on Bright Bodies, and, and she just helped to tell the story that, you know, they were having kids coming in after the last year, having gained anywhere from 30 to 60 pounds. And um, so learned a lot more about wow. that. But, but, you know, on the bright side, it, they, they transitioned to virtual services, which means they can work with even more clients than they were in person. Um, and I, we've done some reporting on that, mm-hmm. too, on the mental health front. And I don't want to be Pollyanna, Beth, uh, about this at all. But I think if there is a bright spot that came from mm. this pandemic is the fact that we're, we're talking about mental health more now than ever. You know, that for some people, for whatever Absolutely. reason, it seems to be kind yeah. of a taboo subject before. And I think a lot of people um, uh, just kind of letting their guard down and admitting that, hey, yeah, this is something that I deal with or somebody in my family deals with and can't do it alone. And I think a lot more people have gotten a lot more comfortable about admitting that they're reaching out for some kind of help. And we do know from talking to some clinicians and practitioners that they felt like um, through virtual services, uh, not only were they able to reach more people today, um, but also for some people, there's a level of comfort not being there in person and actually having the filter of that screen to, to maybe even open up more than they would in person. So, um, I think through this reporting into some of these subjects that got got overlooked before or just weren't quite, um, you know, some, as you know, and a lot of these stories, sometimes they have, they have to be simplified in order to fit into our time constraint. Um, but I believe through this pandemic, we've sort of relaxed those standards a little bit. We decided it's, it's okay to go longer on a story if it's something that's truly mm-hmm. going to benefit our audience in ways that maybe it hasn't before. And so, um, we've been able to dig into these topics and, and learn more. And I, I think that's maybe one of the bright spots about what we've been through in the last 12 to 15 months uh, is, is that that focus on mental health and how important it is in, in that it, it is okay to you know raise your hand and say, look, I need a little help. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, we're seeing more people here at The Connection that are raising their hand. And I think we all feel a little bit of community, a sense of community that we're all going through this this thing, right? So we're not feeling ostracized. We all, it's difficult for everybody. I don't care who you are um, to have the stress and anxiety of, you know, going out and worrying about whether you're going to be infected or bringing something home to your loved ones. Um, it's been stress for every individual, uh, you know, not just people that have had mental health issues in the past. But I think this has been sort of the tipping point, as you mentioned, uh, for folks to take action and to receive services and to put a check on their mental health. Um, And the the help is out there. Um, You know, sometimes it manifests just circling back to obesity. You know, there's emotional eating involved. Stress and anxiety leads to emotional eating for some people. Um, And for others, it manifests in other ways. But, uh, you know, having a qualified professional there uh, to talk to about it, um, and it may be a temporary need, may not be a long-term need, but uh, it's more prevalent. People feel that it's okay because they understand that they're not alone. And that other people are, you know, facing the same fears and anxieties and need to talk about it, too. I know, you know, personally, it's conversation that you have with your peers, you know, being worried about going to, you know, an event or a location or being in the office or working remotely or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's it's just it's been topic of conversation That's in right. these last 15 months. Yep, Ted Copy is joining us, uh, morning anchor for NBC Connecticut, live from the newsroom. You can hear all the bustle and all the activity. Finally, <laughs> you know, I you know, I know it was a long time before things were even normal at NBC Connecticut. A lot of people were working remotely um, from there as well. But I don't, you know, with this week being the the on Wednesday when it was that no mask if you've been vaccinated announcement. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I I felt a sense of freedom. And the other thing that I want to mention here too, Ted, is that what Mm -hmm. I love about you, Heidi and Bob in the morning is that you're all parents too. You all have either little kids or you have, you have two daughters. I know Bob has two daughters. So you're really talking about, you know, during this series, hope for relief at NBC, you're talking about real issues that impact all of us. You're bringing it to light and that's great. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I, I look at, you know, the course of my career and starting as a single guy with no kids. And now, um, you know, one of my nicknames here is dad jokes, which I'm not sure is so flattering. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your perspective changes in, in broad and it's that's something I'm definitely thankful to be able to bring to the table every day. And um, I'm not saying that it, it, it makes me unique or better in any way, but it, it just um, – it's it's sort of broadened my my horizons in terms of what we report on every day and and just understanding in my own head how what we're saying affects families you know mm-hmm. around our state and i i would imagine there's and i've seen it there's times where you know heidi is just such a compassionate person you know she just has the heart of gold i love her to death and it's hard. It's hard when you're sitting there telling stories and, and, you know, you get emotionally attached. I remember one time I did a story when I was at Channel 30 about this little girl that I befriended that, that passed from cancer. And we did a story that she had mm-hmm. passed. And I started to cry on the news. And um, I got in so much trouble for that. 
But now I think things oh, you are, did. Oh, I got in so much trouble. Really? Don't you ever do that? Don't you? And and I really couldn't believe it. Uh, the news director at the time just thought that was so inappropriate. But I had an emotional attachment to this family, to this little girl, to the story. You know, it went way beyond you know, just being a story on the newscast. And I know that's hard for you too. And I, and I see that with you and Heidi and I know she's a crier and she's a laugher, but when she cries, she cries. <laughs> and you really do get into the emotional impacts uh -huh. of how these stories change our lives. Yeah. You know, Heidi, I mean, of, you know, Heidi, she has an enormous heart, the, the, the biggest heart of anybody I know. I think she's been a really good influence on me because, um, uh, you know, I've, I've I've been in the business long enough to sort of remember what you're talking about there, Anne. Um, I do remember, you know, early on, um, talent coaches that would work with us, you know, behind the scenes to kind of help us polish and perfect what we do. Um, it, back then, we were told to have sort of a distance between ourselves and in any sort of emotional subject that we're talking about. Um, it was, a lot of it uh, right. was about composure, was about, you know, professionalism, um, being clean and all, all these things. Um, and over time, I think, I think they've just done enough research to find that, um, viewers want to know that you've got a, you've got a heart and soul and a pulse and, and you feel what you, I not only feel what you're talking about, but understand what you're talking about. A lot of times it's, it, it, it is a lot. It's grave sometimes. And I think if you don't show any sort of reaction, you, you can come across as a robot. Right. And we certainly know Heidi comes across as anything but a robot because she does. She 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 feels everything that she's saying. And um, I, I do think she's been a she's been a great influence on me in terms of bringing more of my heart and sort of just raw personality um, to the newscast and being a little less guarded and a little more willing to sort of uh, just expose myself for who I am and, and not necessarily try to be perfect. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And you know, Beth, I, I, Ted brought up a good point during this conversation. Uh, and that is things are more transparent. Now we always talk about the stigma, the stigma of mental health, uh -huh. the stigma of somebody coming out of incarceration, the stigma of, you know, all the different programs, you know, especially that the connection offers. And now that they're being brought to light by real people like Ted, Heidi, and others who really do care, I think that's making a big difference in everybody's perception to maybe get that mental health or the services that they really should have gotten a long time ago. Absolutely. And uh, the, the reduction of the stigma is palatable. You know, you, you hear it, you feel it. Um, and the fact that people are talking about it and talking about it in a positive way um, so, you know, I really admire, Ted, what you do to bring these stories uh, forward with compassion and with feeling. And, and you're really drawing the list, right? So it's, it's no more reporting, right? It's, it's really having a conversation, having a dialogue um, with the audience so that they feel that empathy towards what you're reporting on. Um, and it does. It really... Um, makes us able to do what we do better um, and um, makes people go for the help that they need as opposed to saying, nope, not me. Uh, I don't want to be connected with this. Um, people are much more open. People will proudly uh, say that they're in recovery now or proudly say that they're reentering the uh, market or proudly say that they have their family back intact. 
um, after uh, being split up because of some issues. So I think, you know, we're seeing that change. We're seeing that pride. Um, and it's, you know, it's really coming from many, many sources. But certainly the news plays a big part in that. Uh, we look to you as as role models, uh, you know, to report on what's going on in everyday life. And uh, so it's, it's really important that you capture it with so much uh, feeling, emotion, and uh, integrity. So thank you for that. Well, and I give credit, I do give some credit to social media in a sense. You know, it, it's interesting because it's such a it's such a two-edged sword, as you know, especially, uh, Beth, uh, being in the position you're in, you know that, that social media sometimes can fuel insecurities and, and depression and all that sort of stuff. But there's another yeah. side to it. Um, there, there are a number of people who really are willing to sort of put themselves out there and expose themselves as being far less than perfect, um, which I think has created a generation. I think about kids, uh, you know, my children's age, they're, they're um, what, millennial Gen Z, 19 and, and 23 years old. Um, and they have a keen sense, way, way more developed than mine at their age, um, not a phony anywhere. And, um, and, yeah. and I think yeah. that has led to, I, I think, at least in my industry, knowing that there's a growing percentage of the audience out there who can spot a phony um, has inspired those of us who work in, in, you know, a medium like this that, look, you've, you can't fake it. You've got you've to be yourself, um, be genuine, be authentic, because uh-huh. people will see through that. And and mm-hmm. the results of that are, you know, what you're talking about, Beth, is just more and more people being comfortable, uh, you know, being themselves and, and not necessarily trying mm-hmm. to appear that they've got it all put together or perfect. Right. And the other beauty of we've got just a few a few seconds left here is uh, the other beauty of social media, too, Ted, is, you know, if you miss the newscast between six and six thirty, you didn't see the story. Um, now you can get things, you can see things on Facebook and social media, and you post all these stories on your website, the Hope for Relief stories, so that you're reaching more people, hopefully. And I think that's really the goal. I know it's the goal with the connection, to reach more people, help more people, influence more people. And to your point, Beth, yes, more people are, are you know, taking pride in their recovery like, like I try to do and, and tell people, yes, I'm in recovery. <laughs> and, you know, there are support systems out there, and it's not always perfect, but it works if you work it. That's what we like to say uh, as alcoholics. It works if you work it. So this has been a great conversation. Ted Copy again, uh, live from the NBC Connecticut newsroom, that beautiful studio over there in West Hartford. Again, please say uh, hello. Give a big hug now that you can, I think, uh, to Heidi and Bob, if you would, for me as well. Uh, right. Just this week, we're approved to hug now. Oh, thank God. I, I've, just, I've, I've been hug deprived. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, and Beth Connor. Chief Administrative Officer at The Connection. It's always nice to have you here with me as well. And of course, we appreciate you too, all of our listeners, for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.